And welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley, your host. And our next guest I've known for quite a while, Ed Sarpolis. He's the founder and executive director of Target Insight. He's recognized as one of Michigan's most notable pollsters, analysts, and strategists. If you Google him, you'll be soaking up information for an hour and a half because he's all over there on YouTube, and Ed joins us on the show today. Ed, how are you? I'm doing fine. Enjoying a fine afternoon in Chicago, doing political work, believe it or not. All right. Ed, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Target Insight. Well, Target Insight is a business that I originally founded on our names when I was a freshman in college. So I've been self-employed uh, since 1972. Uh, then I, I formed a partnership with uh, a couple of my classmates and other people called Epic MRA for a number of years. And then in 2007, I was asked to become the chief lobbyist for Michigan Education Association because they were a client of mine for almost 25 years and they're your lead lobbyist, Al Shore, died, and he asked me to fill in for a couple of years. And then, after I filled up those two years with the MEA assisting them, uh, then I did a broke way into my own business, which I started back as a freshman uh, doing public opinion research. I'm doing a uh, redistricting, which is all about renew, redrawing legislative districts, political districts, council districts in Chicago, 50 aldermen districts. And I do all sorts of things. I have a full service with my partners. Uh, I'm not the only person. We do political campaign as issue with things, uh, marketing research, hospital research. So bottom line is, is I'm, I deal with issues and I can solve businesses on things and I'm an image manager and basically everything that fits into what it takes to, to win either in business or in, as a candidate for office. And, and the, the job you're working on now is pretty fascinating. Talk a little bit about that. Well, was I, well actually every 10 years, as you know, in Michigan, when the new census comes down, you're required to redraw your political boundaries to be sure that one person won the vote. So as population shifts of parts of one state or a city and increase in representation and lower population reduce. Uh, in Chicago, uh, there are 50 aldermen or council districts that you might call them back in Michigan. And because of population changes, they, they need to rechange their boundaries. And with anything, when you're changing boundaries, you have to accommodate, uh, you know, the incumbent to be sure they still have a place to run in. Because of voting rights, I have to be sure that, like in Chicago, that the the, uh, the, the districts I draw, the 50 council seats represent the Hispanic population, the, the black population, the Asian population, and the other subgroups, plus the white population that's directly represented amongst the 50 more. So that's what I'm doing. And I did it 10 years ago, and I was successful keeping them out. Of, uh, my, my plan was not to clear any problems like that. So I'm back here working with the, the caucuses and if people drawing the lines. So those people of Chicago have uh, radical representation for this their version of a city council. And I want to talk to you about the polls. I was looking at some stories over the last several years and came across one from the New York Times, uh, and it was uh, from back in May. And it talked about how uh, pollsters get a bad rap. They didn't do a good job when it came to predicting Donald Trump winning. They didn't do a good job when it came to predicting the how big Gavin Newsom would win. But for the most part, within that 4% or so, they do okay. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, in 2016, I predicted at 8.05 that uh, Donald Trump had won in Michigan and most likely would win nationally. 
uh, last November than 20. I predicted at 805 that uh, that Joe Biden won in Michigan. The problem is, is this, the talking heads to make pollsters look bad. Okay, uh, those of us who are mature pollsters, a lot of the polls that were bad is because they tried to predict the results of letting the people tell them. Uh, there's a if you go back to uh, the you know when the uh, Governor Romney ran against you know. Uh, Obama, the Republicans were trying to wait the poll to reflect what they believe turnout was supposed to be. Yes, uh, one out of twenty polls may not be accurate because you know it's still random chance. But those of us who do a long, a long time polling, before you know, we're eighty-five, ninety percent reasonably accurate. And if, if I can call at the last two presidential elections within ten minutes after election, as a matter of fact, in the election year, I was telling people that Hillary Clinton was leading, but she was never winning. The problem is the fact just because you're you're leading in a poll does not mean you're going to win. Hillary Clinton never won, and Michigan broke fifty percent of any record basis. And secondly, Michigan, the United States is based on electoral college. The Democrats that tend to win the popular vote, but when they lose the electoral college because of the fact they don't beat the Republican by more than three or four points. Basically, uh, uh, well, four years ago I said Hillary Clinton has only shot of winning if she beats Donald Trump by more than three points. She did not do that. And I was predicting that Biden had a chance to win because, in fact, he was leading by more than three or four points throughout the election cycle, so he had a chance to win. So it's more than just polling. You have to understand the fact that it's a presidential race. You have to understand that we have an electoral college. So most time Democrats win the popular vote, even in 2000 when Al Gore, I mean, Al Gore just conceded to George Bush, but Gore still won the popular vote. So polling has to be reflective of knowing what had happens in Michigan. Like I said, I've been polling since 1972, and uh, I've done a lot of polling over the years. In you know, I'm reasonably accurate. But you can't. First of all, you have to be able to tell the public when your poll is wrong. What I mean by that is, just because somebody leads, does not mean they're going to win. We're talking with Ed Sarpolis, and when we come back, we're going to get into the media and. Uh, the bias that could be uh, in the media and with pollsters. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business, and I'm Tony Cuff. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. To the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Ed Sarpolis, who's the founder and executive director of Target Insight. Ed, when it comes to the media, there's no question that there's bias. Some pollsters have a bias. How, how can you make a living doing that? Well, first of all, it's because you, you do your best to be unbiased. Let me explain something to you. I've been Starting in 1994, practically every most majority of the TV station and newspapers, I was their pollster of record uh, through 2007 until I began the lobbies for the NBA because then I had to step aside. I still do polling for the media. I still release my data. And why do they cover me? Uh, if you live in the Metro Detroit area, you'll hear me quite often like at radio stations. So I release my polls on WWDR radio or Fox 2 News. Why is that? Because the fact is that as a pollster, I have to tell you what's going on, not what I want it to be, but my personal belief. 
And some of the things that is, I do as a pollster doing the media, I basically, they get to see my poll. How is it written? Is there were biased questions? Uh, how the questions are arranged? What's my sample size? Uh, so that's what you have to do. But, you know, the, so the question is, is when the media says, who am I working for? Well, most of the polls, uh, there are occasions when I, I'm working for a client, and I have to tell the media I'm working for a client. But most of the polls, that, you know, when I did the, the last two presidentials, I was not working for any candidate. I was actually working primarily with Mirrors News, uh, a political news, daily newspaper out of Lansing, Michigan, and covered politics in Michigan and especially the legislature or working for Free Press or the news. So you have to find out what their background is and how they do polls and, yet, and their sample sizes. I've been lucky that over the years I've been able to be independent because I'm able to do my own polls, but I don't I don't try to wait to polls. So bottom line, you have to find out what's what's the purpose of the poll, how is it written, questions, things like that. And generally, nine out of ten times, the pollsters are trying to be honest with you, but yes, people release polls. For example, I released a poll showing that James Craig in Detroit was losing to Gretchen Whitmer by 69 points, while the other side, the, 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 the candidate side for James Craig put out a poll showing that he was leading. Well, the point being, that was that was a partisan poll trying to slide the data to counter my poll, which in red tracking shows the same thing. So the question is, you have to understand the purpose of the polls to doing the poll versus just doing a poll for the media to find out what things are going on. And I think it's well known that there are media, many media entities that are slanted one way or another. Uh, it appears that people are consuming the news that they want to hear, that they agree with, as opposed to what's the truth, getting all sides of the stories, and, 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 and really having the information. When did that start? Well, it actually started, well, it's always been around. I mean, everybody takes positions. You know, the, the question is, is the poll being conducted by the editorial section of a newspaper, or is it being conducted, you know, by the the, the news portion of the, the thing? When you look at a lot of TV stations, the polls are reasonably accurate or trusted because, in fact, it's not their editorial or opinion side of their paper or media. For example, like a lot of times, if you're a Fox News watcher, Trump hates Fox News because their polls recently, over the last, even during presidential, showing that he was moving because the people at Fox News doing the polling. We're not aligned with any of the commentators, which were pro-Trump and supporting Trump. It was the people who actually believe in the science of doing polling. There are other news networks, mostly online or, or more like basis. They're, they're set up as a fake news organization to push an agenda. But even Fox News, despite what you think about pro-Trump, their, their polling poll has been reasonably accurate and clear because it's not separated from their political opinion section of their, of their TV station. So how do we as consumers know when a poll is legit? when a news story is legit? Well, first of all, you can, well, there's, I'm not going to try to promote a website, but there's a website called Real Clear Politics that does all the polls that day, that week, or that month. So you can see the results of all pollsters on a particular issue. You can see what's the average numbers, which polls reflect commonality. And one thing that I have to do, even as a pollster, because uh, I'm getting calls regularly, I look at all the polls that are out there. I see, okay, I, I reason why I need to look at, say, is my poll off? I mean, I, there are mistakes. The bottom line, you have to understand what is the entity that you're reading, what is their position. You know, the Detroit News tends to be much more conservative Republican, the Free Press tends to be more moderate, okay? So you have to say, okay, well, who's their pollster? Do they work for both sides? What's the whole issue? But typically, you have to look at the broader, what are all the polls saying, not just one poll, and how are they conducted? And uh, that's a lot to learn, but the bottom line, the best thing to do is go to the size of the to see what the numbers of all the polls are, 
and get a sense of what is the direction of all the polls, not just one poll from your favorite TV station or news commentator. And I tell listeners that it's not an easy thing to do, but now you just have to go to as many entities as you can and gather the information that they're putting out there and just try to make your best judgment. Well, as a matter of fact, right after the uh, presidential election, I was asked by a group, uh, a prominent large group of uh, Trump supporters in Michigan who believed the thing that Trump actually won and I lost, that they invited me to speak. And basically they said, well, you know, I said, I don't have to prove anything to the fact is that I just have to say why the numbers are what they are and here's what the polls told me. And they said, well, you did a Zoom meeting right at 805 on lunch and I said, yeah, I didn't have an exit poll. I mean, I didn't have extra things. I was basically cultivating public opinion. So when I was talking to the people, in fact, you've got to find out, is it their opinion affecting what they're thinking or saying, or are they dealing with figures and facts? But I find most people, even the Trump people, who I was able to talk to there for more than an hour when they invited me back, is the fact I'm not trying to criticize them. I'm saying, here's what I found, here's how I found it, and this is what, what my data has shown over time. And some people will, will push back, and others must thank you for the information, because they understand, as I said, yes, you have an opinion. When people hire me, they don't want my opinion. They want to know the data and the facts. That's the difference. We're talking with Ed Sarpolis from Target Insight. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. When we come back, we're going to talk to Ed about something that I have a lot of folks ask me questions about, and that's, that's voting rights. We'll get into that when we come back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Travel for fun and excitement, craving a relaxing getaway. No matter where you want to go or what you want to do, you can trust Dean Trailways to get you there. Our luxury motor coach lets you relax while you travel. No traffic to worry about, no parking fees, no hassle. Are you looking for some sizzling excitement this fall? Let Dean Trailways bring on the heat and take you to Firekeepers, Michigan's newest gaming hotspot. Experience the thrills of the slots, blackjack, craps, the live poker room, and indulge in the world-class restaurants, all while counting on Dean to bring you home safely. Dean Trailways of Michigan. Travel smart. And welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Ed Sarpolis. Ed, question for you, and I got to lay this out. It's going to take me a couple of seconds, but as someone who's been in the media and also done some work in politics, I always wondered about the problem when it comes to uh, making sure that voters are who they say they are. So I always wondered why there is such a problem with uh, people presenting pictured ID, uh, with people being able to identify who they are. And I've heard uh, through the years that, well, this minority, uh, these folks are too poor and they can't get to the polling places or they don't have an ID. Well, I know that there are programs to help people get ID. I know there are programs to get people to the polls. So why wouldn't we want to do whatever we can to make sure there's no question about the legitimacy of voting? Well, first of all, there's, very, there's been studies done and there's very little fraudulent voting at all forever in the United States. And so I'm not disagreeing with having IDs. The difficulty is that despite what you're saying is reality is much different than the speaking about it. For example, because I do a lot of work in different communities across the, the, the nation. Okay? For example, even a sister will tell you this, is that 
despite you talk to people, certain people are fearful, people coming to the door, or they don't want to give up information, and people are, some people are a little bit poor. For example, in Michigan, if you're really concerned about IDs, the state could give everybody an ID. They wouldn't have to have them pay for it. So this is more about politics, because if, if the one side wants to have IDs, well, why don't you put a bunch of the fact that people for, can get an ID? Well, they don't, because they don't want everybody to get an ID, because then they wouldn't be able to pitch you the fact that it was really bad because they don't have IDs and pay. So the issue that you're talking about can be resolved very quickly by both parties saying, okay, we're going to take care of this tomorrow. We're going to have a budget be sure that people all get IDs. They won't let that happen because then you can't pitch the issue that this was a fake campaign or people cheated. Because most of the time, it does not happen. This is no issue about partisan positioning that is about fact. Well, there's been uh, times that where both sides uh, in the state of Michigan were Democrats and you had a Democratic governor. Why didn't they get that done? Because you have to get so many votes to pass the legislation. Just because you have a Democrat coming means you can get through. Let's talk to Joe Biden about getting things through Congress when he controls three chambers. It does not happen, okay? Remember, the partisan, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, whatever like that, just because you're in charge of something does not mean you can get your votes to get something passed, okay? Different groups lobby different things. For example, that I know that even in, in, in communities I work in on this side of Michigan, because it's interest groups try to stop the legislation. So there's a lot of lobbying going on. I'm not disputing that somebody should get it done, but basically there are politics at bay despite who's in charge. When and that's the difficulty. I've been doing politics all my life, and so nothing is as black and white as people say it is because I've been in lobbying, I've been in legislative work with people like that. So I, I agree with you, something needs to be done. It could be done, but in the end, neither side really wants anything done because then he would have nothing to crap about. And how many frustrated independent voters are there out there like myself? Uh, I would say it depends on the election year, okay? And now let me put there's, there's three types of independent voters those who are strictly independent, those that are lean conservative, and those that are lean a moderate to liberal, okay? But right now, you have the, the true independents right now are not paying attention to anything, okay? They're, they've checked out until the next presidential election, okay? What you have to look at is, is that. Um, so basically, the, the true independence is only, when you come down to politics, it's only really about 20% of the voters really true independents, okay? There's 40% Dem, 40% Republican, but there's some soft Dem and soft Republicans. So what happens in election year, for example, if Gretchen Whitmer loses uh, next year, is because her portion of independent vote, that being hers, decided not to show up because they're not happy, they didn't get the results they expected. If... Um, if the Republican loses, uh, and even if Chris Winters don't show up, is because they're, they're believing the message that Donald Trump says we, we're not going to vote next year. So the true independence, like itself, there's really truly about truly, truly 20% truly independence. The rest break along, lean one side or the other. So the question is, is those on the fringe are basically impacted by, if they think their candidate's doing a good job, they don't need to go and vote because of the election. So it really comes out, but the true independence is about 20% of the nation. Okay, but for example, let's take a look at Macomb County. Depending on the election, they vote for Donald Trump, and the next year they vote for Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or George Bush or Ronald Reagan. Those are really it's true independence. They they're, they're basically whoever speaks their issue, that's who they vote for, and not they're not really independents. So not I mean they're independent, but they're not either Republican or Democrat. Ed, do you foresee us ever regaining decorum in in politics? Yes, believe it or not, there is a growing trend. But the problem is, until you get rid of the Gingrich era of people, many of those are older baby boomers, a little bit older than that, 
where this all polarization started. A lot of the younger people, even younger politicians, especially as we get more women into the legislature, you even see that across the country. Generally, it's, it's the male voter, the white male, older white male that's controlling the process, much more conservative. But the younger voters are much more accepting and they like what they're saying because they, 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 they want to be part of things. Because remember, the baby boomers have sort of dominated everything for a long time. So a lot of younger people says, why can't I have a say? Well, that means they... They're much different than us as baby boomers because of the fact they, they're growing up in multicultural things or they're seeing different things that you and I did not have when we were growing up. And final question for you. How big a business is our pollsters, our polling businesses, are those surveys? Oh my God, it's billions of dollars a year. Everybody has a pollster. Despite what they tell you, you know, businesses have pollsters to do political polls, lobbyists, associations. Everybody's doing political polling because it's fiduciary-wise. For example, if I'm a business... Yeah, I want to know where do I invest my lobby dollars? Who do I want to support on my issue? Okay. For example, in many for many years is that um, in, in Michigan, many Republicans supported Carl Levin. Businesses did because Carl Levin, despite being very left leaning and liberal, he was very pro business, uh, not necessarily conservative business, but he was conservative business kept the auto industry going. And so everybody does polling. Everybody, hospitals do polling, businesses do polling. Everybody does polling, despite what they tell you. Everybody does polling. It's changing the polling industry, but everybody does, still does polling. Ed, it's been great to hear your voice. It's a pollsist founder of Target Insight. He's got so much knowledge and experience. I appreciate you so much, Ed. I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. You're listening to Tony Khan, and this has been Media Business, and you're listening to the Michigan Business Network.